Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. This is episode number 84 of the podcast. And in this edition of the podcast, I want to talk about the team that's had the surprising best offseason in baseball thus far, and that's the Cincinnati Reds. This offseason's been all about the Astros cheating scandal, but we've forgotten the big moves that's been made this offseason. And that's right, I believe the team that's had the best offseason is the Cincinnati Reds. What exactly did they do, you asked? They signed Mike Moustakis and Nicholas Castellanos to four years, $64 million each, and added a nice veteran pitcher, Wade Miley, to a two-year, $15 million deal. Other than Anthony Rendon and Josh Donaldson, the best hitter on the market this offseason was Nicholas Castellanos. He's 27 years old. He's coming off a season where he had 58 doubles, and by making the move to Cincinnati, a lot of those doubles will be going yard. He had a lot more home runs when he was traded from the Tigers to the Cubs. He had a fantastic second half of the season with the Chicago Cubs. This is a really good signing for the Reds. And I think one of the keys here is getting him to Cincinnati keeps him in the NL Central where he went off in that second half with the Cubs. He knows how to face the Cardinals, Brewers, and now Cubs pitching staff. He will put up at least 25 to 30 home runs with the Cincinnati Reds. And then they add Mike Moustakas who finally gets a long-term contract with the team. He also signed for four years, $64 million. Mike Moustakis is a pretty good ball player. He's hit 30 homers in each of the last three seasons, and the one year he didn't, he still hit 28. He's a masher, an old-school baseball player who in 2000 would have gotten a $100 million contract. But because he's pretty poor on defense, he didn't get that superstar-level contract he would have gotten if he played in a different era. But because we look at defensive metrics, and war and stats like that. Mike Moustakis isn't getting paid what he used to be, but now he finally finds a home with the Cincinnati Reds. He played on the Milwaukee Brewers last season, so again, he can hit NL Central pitching. This is a decent move for the Cincinnati Reds. I will say this, the value of both of these deals are tremendous. They are paying a 27-year-old and a 31-year-old four-year contracts. Most smaller market teams have to vastly overpay to get star-level talent. And both of these players to me are stars. They are not superstar players. They're not top 20 or top 30 players, but they're within both the top 100 players in Major League Baseball. And they got two of those on shorter term commitments. Think about when the Nationals had to vastly overpay for Jason Worth. The reward here way outmatches the risk the Reds are taking. Again, it's $120 million between two players who are in the prime of their careers. Again, Casellanos is entering the prime of his career. He's 27 years old, and Mike Moustakis is right in the middle of his prime. That is the value of both of these contracts. And what I think is most being overlooked about the Cincinnati Reds is at the trade deadline, they acquired Trevor Bauer, and he did not pitch well for them in the second half of the season. But a full year of Trevor Bauer, I expect him to get back to that side young level caliber of pitcher he was in the early parts of last season with the Cleveland Indians. If you get that Trevor Bauer, and you, then you add Nicholas Castellanos, Mike Moustakis, and you still have Joey Vados, Aquinos of the World, Prenio Suarez. I mean, you add those sluggers, you get good pitching, you now have Sonny Gray, Trevor Brower. 
I mean, you have a chance to be an all-around really good team. The Cincinnati Reds last year won 75 games. If they get Trevor Bauer at his best, if they get what they expect from Nicholas Castellanos and Mike Moustakis, there's no reason why the Cincinnati Reds should not be an 85-90 to win team and compete for an NL Central title or a wild card spot. There's no reason... There's nothing to suggest that that shouldn't happen for this team this upcoming season. Just look at what's happening around the NL Central altogether. The Cubs are falling apart. They're most likely going to lose Chris Bryant at some point. They're in chaos to me. David Ross, they have a new manager. The Brewers, all right, the Brewers are a nice story. They won without Kristen Yelich. But can they do that for a while without him? Will he be there to start the season? Will he be MVP level Kristen Yelich? And then there's the St. Louis Cardinals who just lost Mar- Marcelo Zuna. None of those three other teams have made any impactful moves whatsoever, but the Cincinnati Reds have gone out there and staked their claim to at least, for the very minimum, compete for an NL Central crown. Not to mention the fact you also took Castellanos from the Cubs. He was the best player on the Cubs the second half of that season, and you also took Mike Moustakis from the Brewers. He had 35 home runs last season, so you also took from your enemies to gain for your own chase for the NL Central crown. I think that's the best offseason you could possibly have if you were the Cincinnati Reds. And some people say the Reds made a lot of good moves last offseason. They added Yasiel Puig. They added Sonny Gray. I think this is a better offseason. Now you have Trevor Bauer, who should be a top 10 pitcher in the National League. If he's at his best, you add Nicholas Castellanos, a player who's entering his prime. You add Mike Moustakas, a home run masher. You should get the best possible Cincinnati Reds this year. They're a team that already has the Major League home run leader on it. Eugenio Suarez hit 49 home runs last season. They also have Joey Votto, who if he's at his best, is one of the best players in the game. He's not the MVP Joey Votto we're used to, but I still think he can be an impact bat. Then you have Aquino who came on as a rookie and hit 19 home runs. Again, add sluggers, Castellanos and Mike Moustakis to that mix. You have a way better offense than you had last season. You have the ups and downs of Yasiel Puig, and you were trying to play Matt Kemp, who was way past his prime. I mean, now the Reds are adding two bona fide all-star level players in Castellanos and Mike Moustakis. Also, they made an underrated move at the trade deadline also by getting Freddie Galvis, who is a very good defensive second baseman who's just starting to become a power impact bat. He had 23 home runs last season. These are really good moves the Cincinnati Reds are making. No, they're not getting the best players in baseball. They're not signing Garrett Cole or Anthony Rondon or Josh Donaldson, but they are adding impact bats and they have a really solid major league roster. And listen, it doesn't always work out when you win the offseason. Last year, the Philadelphia Phillies signed Bryce Harper. They traded for Gene Segura. They traded for JT Relamunto, and it didn't work out for them. But for the Cincinnati Reds, the difference here is that the Phillies were supposed to be World Series contending teams. The Cincinnati Reds don't have to make that leap yet. They just have to improve from that 75-win team. I think just being 500 or above this year would be good enough. But they, to me, they also have the potential to be 85 to 90. They just need to make a jump. And I think in their, their standards are different from the Phillies. They just have to show improvement. They are not a high-level market team. Expectations are not for the Cincinnati Reds to win a World Series. They can be a surprise, a pleasant surprise next season. They don't have to come out of the 
Gates with all that pressure of getting a Bryce Harper. They got Castellanos. They got Mike Moustakis. Those are nice moves, but nobody in their right minds are expecting the Cincinnati Reds to compete to be the best team in the National League next season. That's the main difference here. Again, if they become a 500 team, to me, that will make their moves worth it because to me, they are trying and a lot of teams in baseball, they're on that middle ground right now, are not trying. The Royals are not trying to compete. The Reds, at the very least, are adding caliber players to their roster. They are making the baseball offseason interesting. We are talking about them. I am talking about them because they made impact moves. They are trying to improve. They are not just trying to squander their chances to get draft pick after draft pick. They are trying to compete and there is a real opening for them to compete. These moves are logical. They're not just throwing money at the problem because that's what they should be doing. Again, there's a real opening in the NL Central this year. And they are not the only smaller market team to make moves this offseason. The Chicago White Sox made some very nice moves. Dallas Keuchel, Edwin Encarnacion, Yasmani Gondral, Gio Gonzalez, the Marlins added Jesus Aguilar, Corey Dickerson, and Jonathan VR. Making moves is important for these teams that have not been good for the last three or four seasons. You cannot go year after year after year after being bad. After the Cincinnati Reds lost or fired Dusty Baker, they spiraled down. They were one of the best teams in the NL Central, and then they became one of the worst. It's time for them to start competing and trying to win baseball games again, and I think these moves show they are ready to do that. This has been a really weird offseason for baseball in that the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and some of those teams that usually make moves and spend a lot of money, the Cubs, they're not spending the money they used to. The Yankees are the only one powerhouse team other than the Angels to make really big, impactful moves. Teams like Minnesota, the Reds, the White Sox, even the Marlins have made some really good, impactful moves and are trying to get better. Minnesota's coming off a really good season. They got Josh Donaldson. It's cool to see those smaller market teams compete for those prize free agents. Again, they are really benefiting from the fact that the Red Sox Dodgers are trying to not spend so much money. The Cubs, they have so many bad contracts that they're trying to not spend. So I think the Reds are seriously benefiting from that. They're getting Nicholas Castellanos in his prime Basically because the Cubs don't know if they are competing or not. The Cubs are in this in-between phase of are we going to have Chris Bryant for the next five or six years or are we going to trade him away? So that they are benefiting from that. They are benefiting from that the big spenders are not spending. What I also really like about these moves, if they don't work out, these are easily tradable contracts. They are not paying Nick Castellanos a, mo- a huge amount of money. They did not give him a $100 million deal like so some had predicted he would get this offseason. Mike Mustakis is easily tradable. If a team is not having a good offensive year, they would definitely trade for a guy who's hit 30 home runs in two of the last three seasons. These are movable deals. Even Wade Miley pitched really good for the Astros last year. If you're a contending team, you need a veteran starting pitcher, you would trade for that. He's only making about $7 million this year. Those are tradable contracts. The Cincinnati Reds have gotten two pretty good value deals here. Again, they didn't overpay to get talent to improve their roster. So many, so much reason why these mid-market teams don't spend in baseball is because it would cost them so much money to keep these players. Again, for the 
Washington Nationals to make that jump, they needed to give Jason Worth $127 million. Again, where Jason Worth is now is not that different where Nicholas Castellanos is. Minnesota Twins had to give a 34-year-old Josh Donaldson to go to Minnesota. Like, those are the type of moves. If the Cincinnati Reds had made that move, I think I wouldn't like that move because they would be betting, they would be betting their entire year on that contract. If Nicholas Castellanos and Mike Moustakis don't work out, there can still be a plan B. But if you give Josh Donaldson a hundred million dollars, you will be stuck with that contract. So if Josh Donaldson doesn't perform in Minnesota, the Twins will be stuck with that contract for the next four years. Again, with this, you get a 27-year-old and a 31-year-old who will most likely produce, and if they don't, there will still be a market for them at some point because their contracts are not that gigantic. Again, even the Diamondbacks giving Madison Bumgarner $85 million to me is riskier than giving Nicholas Castellanos four years and $64 million or giving Mike Moustakas four years and $64 million. Madison Bumgarner is at the near end of his career. He might be a Hall of Famer. He might be the best Hall of Fame pitcher ever, but the what the Cincinnati Reds have done is they've gotten real value for the contracts they've given. If they don't work out, there will be a way to escape them. The Diamondbacks will not be able to escape if Madison Bumgarner is not a good pitcher for them. The Minnesota Twins will not be able to escape the fact that if Josh Donaldson doesn't hit, he will be stuck there. That's what the Cincinnati Reds have avoided here. They've given value contracts. They also gave Castellanos an opt-out, so maybe it's beneficial for them to give him that because maybe he'll have a monster year, he'll opt out, they'll make the playoffs or whatever, and if he has a gigantic season, again, he can just opt out, and if they really want to keep him around, then they can really spend for him. But give him that motivation to be at his very best. I think Nicholas Castellanos thought his market would be there for him. I thought he, I think he probably expected the Cubs would want to keep him around. I mean, this is a guy who's coming off a monster second half for the Cubs. Some people compared it to that second half that J.D. Martinez had with the Arizona Diamondbacks. It wasn't quite that, but it was worth the idea of the Cubs keeping him around, and I think he's surprised that they didn't. This is a guy who said, get me out of Comerica Park and I'll hit home runs. He went out of America Park, and what did he do? He produced for the Chicago Cubs, so it's kind of surprising it took him this long to get a contract, and not besides the fact that it's only for four years and $64 million. I think this is a guy who has a lot to prove in this upcoming season, so the Reds will probably really benefit from that, and again, if he has that monster season and he opts out, the Reds will most likely benefit from that because they're probably going to make the playoffs if he has that kind of monster season that I think he could have. And for me, the key to the Cincinnati Reds competing this season will be three starting pitchers. Luis Castillo is coming off a season where he won 15 games. He is their clear ace, but their number two and three were really good at points in their careers. Sonny Gray returned to Sonny Gray level form last season for the Cincinnati Reds. He's comfortable being outside of the Yankees environment. I think he will provide a really good number two starter, but again, 
I think the biggest key to the Reds is to form that big free with Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer was Cy Young level good for the Indians at points of the last two seasons. He came to the Reds. He struggled. Hopefully, he'll fit into that environment better for a full season with the Reds because those free pitchers could form a pretty good trio in the NL Central, and that would be the key for the Reds competing in the NL Central. Then you have Wade Miley to be that fourth guy. Rossiel Iglesias, who is a pretty decent closer. I mean, I just looked it up. It's surprising he had 12 losses, but he did have 34 saves last season, so that's quality. I mean, the key to the Reds are that starting pitcher. If they can get a really good Castillo, a really good Gray, a dominant Trevor Bauer, and a steady hand of Wade Miley, that could be enough to win the NL Central because those other three teams don't have great starting pitching staffs. The Cardinals lack great starting pitching. The Cubs lack great lack great starting pitching. The Brewers definitely lack great starting pitching. The Reds might have the best rotation in the NL Central. That might be the craziest thing for me to say, but it's a real distinct possibility that that could be true if all three of those pitchers live up to what they're capable of doing this season. All three of them are all-star caliber pitchers. Vision that usually has free powerhouse teams in the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals. I just think this is the best year for the Cincinnati Reds to compete. And I think they see that. That's why they're spending money on Castellanos, Mike Moustakis, and Wade Miley, because this is their year to compete. Last year was kind of a mixed bag for the Reds. I don't think everyone lived up to their potential. I think Joey Votto had a down year. I think Yasiel Puig was in and out of being good. I think Trevor Bauer didn't quite work out at the trade that deadline, but a full year of him will probably work out to their favor. I think this is their year to go for it. And if they don't win it, if they don't win the NL Central, but they get a wild card, that would definitely be worth it for a team who hasn't been to the playoffs since they fired Dusty Baker. It's time for the Cincinnati Reds to compete again because they've been the laughing stock of this division for far too long. With Suarez, Aquino, Moustakis, Castellanos, This team could have four players hit 30 or more home runs and maybe even possibly Joey Votto. I mean, he has up and down years with power, but this team has a lot of power in that ballpark. They are going to score a lot and a lot of runs. I just think it's good for the sport of baseball when a team like the Cincinnati Reds, who've had a couple of down years, decide it's time to start winning again. I just think that's good for the sport. So I will be rooting for for the Reds this season. I hope the moves work out for them. I hope Nicholas Castellanos has a career year with the Cincinnati Reds. I hope Wade Miley wins 15 games. And I hope Mike Moustakis mashes 40 home runs for the Cincinnati Reds because I think it's good for the sport when a team goes out there and tries. So I will be rooting for the Reds moves to work. I will be rooting for the White Sox to have a good season with their acquisitions, and I will definitely be rooting for the Marlins to be less than garbage this season because these teams this offseason have tried to be competitive. That's all I'm asking for. Make the sport more watchable by making the bad teams good again. 
again. And that's what the Cincinnati Reds are trying to do. They won 75 games last year. If they can get to 85 to 90, that will be the best outcome possible for the Reds and for baseball. Because these teams, I think it's really bad when these teams make these moves and then they end up being a disaster. Because then it means that teams like the Reds won't try again. No. The Reds are trying. I hope it works out because I want more teams to make these kind of moves. Win the offseason. Winning the offseason doesn't mean you'll win the regular season, but it means you're off to a pretty good start. And I think the Reds are off to their best start in years. Yes, the Yankees got Garrett Cole. The Angels got Anthony Rendon. The Twins got Josh Donaldson. But the team for me that had the best offseason was the Cincinnati Reds because they made free impact moves. They didn't make the splashiest signings, but they improved the most. So don't be surprised if the Cincinnati Reds win the NL Central or compete for a wild card spot. Here comes the big red machine. They're back. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Ed Dead Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. So please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>